Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of WJ Live, powered by the Western Journal. I'm George Upper, Editor-in-Chief of the Western Journal. I'm joined by Associate Assignment Editor Olivia Brown. And since it's Friday, that means that Western Journal contributor Cameron Arcand is with us as well, representing the left coast of the United States of America. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you for being with us. Uh, today we're going to talk about a somewhat ominous uh, tweet from uh, President Joe Biden that uh, came out yesterday, as well as a uh, possible indictment for President Donald Trump. But before we get to that, uh, you may be interested in knowing the latest government benefit to uh, come out of Washington, D.C. that has to do with paying for Internet access. Olivia, you have some information on that. Yeah, so spending has really, really gotten out of control underneath Biden. It's been growing just in the last couple years, even before he took office. But now we're looking at the Internet. So this is very interesting to me because when you talk about it, it is called the Emergency Broadband Benefit. This was part of a bill that was passed last December that was 9 billion dollars, $900 billion. Mm -hmm. uh, it was already passed, but it went into effect yesterday. So that's the important element on how it is in the times. Now, what I think is interesting about it is the people that are eligible for it is not exactly who you would expect to be eligible. Some of them, yes. Uh, the people that, you know, are on the poverty level, that as well. But the interesting thing is, if you lost your job uh, since February 2020, and you have since had a job now since then, but if you lost your job any point between then and you made up to $99,000 in 2020, you can get this $50 off your internet bill each month. Wow. You are qualified. So that is for a single filer. If you're a joint filer, it's making 198000 yeah, not exactly poverty level. That's not poverty here. level. These uh, are not on, people who need government handouts. No. So that's the most important thing, I think, about this. This is in addition to all the spending that we already had. The FEC already had another program where you'd be getting off $9 a month mm. instead of the $50. Also, on top of this uh, emergency broadband benefit, 
is that you can get $100 off any computer or tablet or desktop computer than you want. So for me, before I came to this job, uh, I was out of work for a small amount of time. I qualify for this. I can go and get $100 off any laptop that I want from the government now because I don't believe that that's how I, we, I should be spending my money. I'm likely not going to do that. But it's crazy to me that I qualify for yeah. this. I feel like I am well off. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm not a person who needs my internet paid. So I think that's really interesting. In addition to, you know, Biden already has $6 trillion in his three plans that he's just introduced. There's day after day new things. I just read an article today about $8 billion going for the uh, post office being able to turn all their vehicles into electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. We're spending $8 billion on that. This is not inside the $2.2 trillion infrastructure. This is outside of that. We also, another bill was uh, set yesterday for gyms. $30 billion is going just for gyms alone. And, you know, it's great that we're, you know, helping out communities and different things, but gyms shouldn't have they already been covered by all the other COVID packages that we've already been putting forth? Yeah, if they hadn't all been shut down by the government in the first place, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I guess you can make the, some people have made the argument that, that you know, if the federal government is going to, or any government, any branch of government, any level of government is going to shut down anything, that they should be fiscally responsible for it. The problem with that is, there's no they there. There's the, you know, there's no such thing as government money. It's all our money. It's all taxpayer money. Yes. There's no such thing as a corporate tax. It's all paid by individuals. So, you know, corporations don't just eat that. They pass it on to suppliers and to uh, consumers and buyers, etc. It's you know, there's n- it's all a big shell game. It's all just a big shell game. Uh, and they the the government uh, career politicians, I should say. Career politicians uh, just do a wonderful job of renaming these things so that yeah. we don't recognize how much money is really literally just being taken out of our pocket. I mean, with this, the emergency broadband benefit, the Internet, if I wanted, you could be paying for my Internet. Right. right. That, that's essentially what they're doing. I can get George to pay for my Internet. I can get Cameron to pay for my Internet. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Cameron doing it. That's, that's, uh, he's, a, he's a young man. He makes good money. He's, uh, he's flush. He's flush with cash, as I understand it. So I think, <laughs> I think that'll work out just fine. I'm just a poor corrupt editor-in-chief. I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't have those kind of funds to play with. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Cameron, what do you think about all that? I think the timing of this whole thing is that it's a little bit too late. I think this would have made a lot more sense if this happened in, I don't know, May 2020 and not May 2021 Mm. to have this kind of thing where people are transitioning into remote work. I think this is something that it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense how people who are clearly can't afford their own internet, there's a lot of affordable options to do that, um, would qualify for this. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then I would probably, if if I could make all the laws in the world, I would probably add the restriction of um, only if you have children can you qualify for this because 
they're the ones that have had to deal with the um, transition to online school um, sure. in the past. You know, a lot of places are still hesitant to do that. So um, I think the discount would have made a lot more sense if it did not come around right now. I don't really see um, the usefulness of it for such a broad group of people in this current moment. Um, but I'd be honestly kind of curious to hear about um, in a lot of rural communities how they feel about this, if they kind of feel that this might be like a um, positive thing, because I know um, rural broadband, broadband access, it might be a whole separate issue. I don't know a whole lot about this. I'm just trying to um, yeah. maybe get to some sort of conclusion no, here I, on it. Yeah, I think that's legitimate, Cameron. I, I do think, you know, broadband, Internet access in general, broadband, whatever. You can make a legitimate argument, even a small government guy like me can make a legitimate argument that there is a um, infrastructure component to that, right? That that's helpful uh, and and pro it's one of those things that you could at least make the argument uh, that is best done by government, at least at some level, that, that uh, just like, you know, roads and highways, uh, yeah, they should all be built by independent contractors. But the you know the overseeing of all of that is prob that's an arguable, uh, arguably useful thing for government to do. Uh, transportation infrastructure, law enforcement, those things. You can also make the argument that they just all be privatized, and that, and that's fine. But I'm not trying actually to argue either way. I'm just saying I don't think it's unreasonable to say the government has an interest in broadband broadband internet access. Uh, that it's a it's a cultural issue. It's an educational issue. It's an infrastructure issue. Mm -hmm. So in Biden's infrastructure bill, he does have another hundred billion oh, planned sure. yeah. just for broadband access. So, you know, besides all this, he's put, that's in the the, you know, two trillion already. Yeah. So he's going to make it besides just this group of people to everyone is what the hundred billion is going for. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> it. Just just when you think that it's about you know the federal government's just as ridiculous as it could possibly be, it, you know, it, it grows another arm. It's a, it's like it's like, <laughs> like a, an octopus. It is. It's like an octopus <laughs> or a hydra. You know, we keep cutting off heads and two more grow back. It's 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 just ridiculous. Uh, you know, one of the things that we use the internet for, of course, is uh, social media like Twitter and and. Uh, uh, Joe Biden, perhaps Joe Biden is interested in expanding broadband access so that more people will see his tweets. Uh, I don't think he's that forward thinking and I'm not 100 percent sure he knows what Twitter is. So I don't want to give him too much credit, but uh, it's a possibility. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's tweeting in his name anyway, whether, you know, who knows whether uh, how, how much uh, how even aware he is of that. Uh, but. But uh, Cameron, there was a tweet yesterday from Joe Biden's account that uh, raised a lot of eyebrows. Yeah, so the administration kind of announced yesterday, along with the CDC, that you now um, can um, go indoors and outdoors if you're fully vaccinated um, without a mask. And a lot of the messaging behind this lately, including a Biden tweet, was him saying, get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. And he also put out another clip that went viral where it's him saying vaxxed or masked. Um, so he's really trying to get people um, to get this vaccine. And he's really kind of trying to do rhetorically, you only have two options. Now, kind of what I wanted to ask you guys about this was, 
who is he trying to persuade? We've been in this pandemic for over a year now, and everyone's already kind of made up their mind pretty much where they're going to get the vaccine, whether they're going to wear a mask, whether or not they're going to follow certain restrictions or not. Um, and it seems like Joe Biden is a little bit late to understanding um, this game. So what is he? what do you guys think he's trying to do here um, with kind of this rhetoric of you only have two options? I would think that it is because he's assuming the people that, you know, that hate masks are thinking, oh, I don't have to wear a mask anymore, so I'm going yeah. to go get vaccinated. Mm, I'm guessing that a lot of people that don't like wearing masks also don't want to get vaccinated. Yeah, that, there's a large intersection between those two two groups of people. I, I sort of, I, I think you're right, Olivia, and I and I sort of, sort of almost agree with that tact of messaging, um, almost. The 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 idea of but, uh, the way that Biden put it, it almost sounds threatening, right? That's what like, I was thinking. Or yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. You you can get vaccinated or you can wear a mask. You know, the punishment for not getting vaccinated mm -hmm. is being forced to wear a mask. That's the wrong approach, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I I think there is probably some messaging there that where you could say, hey, you want to get rid of these dumb masks? Go get your shot. And now you don't have to wear it anymore. And that sort of a little more friendly, a little more, you know, it's actually it's the same thing, but you're treating it like a carrot instead of like a stick, I think would actually be more effective. Um, it, neither one of them's, you know, I don't care about either one. If he gives me that, you know, two options, I'm picking option C, none of the above. But, uh, you know, I, so I don't know that either way really makes a whole heck of a lot of difference. But I, uh, I think the way that he phrased it is just, it's unnecessarily combative. Yeah, and, I would agree. Uh, and and, and uh, almost certainly engenders more resistance to vaccinations than it does uh, agreement with them, in my opinion. Because people yeah. sometimes have a mentality of, you're going to tell me to do something, I'm not going to do it. Exactly. I would maybe add on to that and say that I think Biden has repeatedly trying to um, reach out to a group of Americans that doesn't exist. And <laughs> it's kind of like a lot of times I say certain things and I'm like, who are you talking to right now? And I don't think he's, I think he might understand it to some degree, but isn't coming through in his messaging how divided the country is right now and how set people are in their ways, yeah. especially on the issue of um, COVID. And kind of some another thing I want to tack on to this kind of more tribalist mindset that COVID has created is that there is now a big chunk of the left who saw this announcement yesterday. It was like, wait, hold on a second. Why are we pausing masks so early? I like this lockdown thing. I liked being under control. So what are, what are we doing here now? And I kind of want to pull up a David Hogg tweet from earlier this morning about how he was saying that, oh, well, I'm going to keep wearing my mask because, oh, no, what if someone thinks I'm a Republican? What if yeah. someone thinks I'm a Republican if I go without my mask, even though I'm fully vaccinated? And this this doesn't make any sort of sense to me where people are caring about more about like cultural aesthetics in a sense where people care more about, oh, I want to make sure I don't look like a Karen or a Republican. <laughs> that I'm not that I'm yeah. wearing the mask throughout the whole thing. Like I'm fully vaccinated and I'm one 
wherever, unless they are going to ask me to put it on somewhere, I'm not going to wear it anymore. And it's like, if you are vaccinated, people really need to start like they're acting like it. And this is going to get into a whole thing. It just further proves the point that this was all about politics from the beginning. Yeah, yeah my, my initial response is thank you, David Hogg. I don't want anybody to think you're one of us either. So <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with your response there. It also will serve to hide that smug whatever it is that you think is a grin on your face half the time. So I fully approve of David Hogg wearing a mask until he dies. I'm totally fine with that. I think 24-7 masking for David Hogg would make the world a better place. So I'm in favor. Thank you, David. Keep, keep up the good work. Because mm -hmm. it really would be the end of the world if he was thought as a Republican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, heaven. First of all, you've got to. Who? Talk about people who don't exist, Cameron. Who is dumb enough to think David Hogg is a conservative? <laughs> who on the planet would, would. Oh, he's wearing a mask. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, he must be a conservative. Okay. What rock are you living under to think that that's the case? Give me a break. It's just like living, like living out here in California. It's just I see the insanity of this stuff every single sure. day. You get go out in your neighborhood. People are still wearing. I live in a very well educated area. I looked at our zip code. About sixty percent of us here fully vaccinated. We're still wearing our masks out on walks. Yep. No one is within twelve feet of each other. It, okay. It's backwards level thinking at this point. Uh, I see people every day here in Arizona riding bikes by themselves, wearing masks on a bicycle. On a bike? On a <laughs> every day on my way to or from work. And I I live three miles from where I am right now, so it's not a long commute. It's not like I'm seeing two million people on my way to work. I see a few dozen, and almost every day I see one on a bike in a mask. It's it's and CDC also one thing they came out with uh, two days ago, I think. Um, they said that there are zero, I mean, zero, not statistically zero, zero, actually zero reported cases or confirmed cases of individuals who had contracted coronavirus by incidental outdoor contact. There are no cases, none. Wow. They've been saying forever it was like 10%, 10% of the, of the cases come from that. And then the, two, I think it was two days ago. Don't hold me to that. Uh, but I think it was Wednesday. They came out and said, oh, you know what? No, we were wrong. It wasn't 10%. It was literally none. We have no confirmed cases of that. Uh, so the whole wear a mask outside thing is has been ridiculous, was never backed up by science. Uh, there's no reason. For, I mean, if you're going to be standing outside at a concert and, you know, in a crowd of people, that might be a little bit different, but, you know, outside, uh, with incidental contact, like a, a server coming to you as you're eating at a restaurant at a table outside or walking by people, uh, in the park outside, whatever, there are zero cases that have been confirmed to come from that. So the idea of outside masks has always been pretty questionable at, at best, at best. Uh, all right. Cameron, anything else on that that you wanted to? I don't want to cut you short. No, all I'm going to say is I think people are kind of at that point where it's like, if you are vaccinated, act like it. If you are immune, act like you're immune. It's, yeah. it's that simple. And we're not going to, the pandemic isn't going to be over at this point until you make it over. 
Right. That's a decision that you have to make with yourself. Do you want to see everyone wearing masks in public? Do you want to contribute to that? That's your decision. But if you're wearing the mask and you're worried that someone's going to think differently of you, maybe go see a therapist. I don't know. <laughs> I would totally agree on that recommendation, Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I would have recommend, I would have agreed with that recommendation probably three years ago. Those, these same people probably <laughs> needed therapy all along. This just happens to be the latest symptom. Uh, so moving to a, uh, a somewhat different uh, topic, uh, I was surprised to read yesterday uh, that Florida is preparing for, quote, thorny extradition issues that could arise if, in fact, Donald Trump is indicted uh, in uh, New York. Uh, I'm sure you guys are aware uh, Trump's been under investigation by Cyrus Vance Jr., the uh, Manhattan district attorney for alleged hush money paid to uh, sex workers, Stormy Daniels, or maybe she's former sex workers. I don't, I haven't really been keeping up with her career, so I'm not quite sure what she's doing now to make a living, if anything, but, uh, but Stormy Daniels, uh, who, you know, allegedly the Trump organization gave some money to to get her to stop talking, despite the fact that she has claimed under oath at least twice that that did not happen, uh, that's not enough for Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr., shockingly a Democrat, uh, who has been investigating this uh, for some time. But here's the issue. If Vance issues any indictments against Trump, which I think is fairly likely, it's not a done deal, hasn't happened yet, but it's fairly likely, and Vance has said if, he want, if he's going to do indictments, he's going to issue them this year. This is his last year. He's not running for re-election. He wants to, to get them issued before he's out of office. Uh, so I, I suspect that is coming in 2021. But if he does it and Trump is in Florida, if he's not in New York, if he's in Florida, then uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, as many governors do, uh, he has the power to intervene and make a decision himself as to whether Trump should be uh, surrendered to the state of New York to face that indictment. Uh, the government, or, I'm sorry, the governor has the authority to order a review of that. A lot of governors have that. Um, obviously, no state wants agents of another state coming into their territory and saying, oh, we're taking these people. They're under arrest. Yeah. Uh, so most uh, governors have the authority to say, oh, well, that's he's one of my citizens. Hold on. Let me let me look into this before I turn him over to you. Donald Trump, of course, all along has said this is a, a witch hunt. Essentially, it's about political enemies uh, targeting him. Whether or not uh, you agree with that, the fact that uh, Cyrus Vance Jr. is a Democrat and uh, Trump a Republican certainly raises that issue. Uh, so here's here's my question. Let's assume for a second that Cyrus Vance Jr. does in fact issue these indictments or issues an indictment against Donald Trump uh, as a result of this investigation. Uh, I want to ask two questions about what's right here. First, what's morally right? Uh, we'll get to the politics in a minute, but but just what's what's morally defensible here from DeSantis's point of view? Would it be okay, morally, ethically, for Ron DeSantis uh, to deny Trump's extradition to New York and and deny theoretically the people of New York? Uh, the opportunity to seek justice in, in this case, assuming that's what's going on, you know, again, taking the politics out of it, assuming that's what's going on. Is that a right thing for, for Ron DeSantis to do? What do you think, Olivia? 
I personally don't see any problem with it. Uh, legally, he's not doing anything that's wrong. This is, you know, if if it was him, you know, making a executive thing, going over laws that were there that sure. say I he, that he has to give uh, Trump up to New York, right. then I would have a problem with that. If there's a political ally saying, nope, I'm going to use my power to make sure that my friend doesn't get impacted. However, that's not the story here. That's right. not what's happening. So I don't see anything wrong with it. And I likely see that being the case with which DeSantis is going to do. Okay. What do you think, Cameron? Right or wrong yeah, thing to do? Um, I would tend to agree with Olivia here. I think that's probably the most likely scenario of what would happen. Um, I would probably think that if it is just kind of preventing an extradition, it probably would be um, morally um, correct. But I think if he was jumping through hoops to make sure that the president didn't get um, extradited, then it would be um, more shady in a sense. But I think realistically, this is going to be something that it's it'll probably make headlines sometime in like a few months from now. And then it will kind of it will turn more into a DeSantis thing than a Trump thing. I think people will look at um, be looking more closely at to what he does. He does because he's kind of seen more as the future of the party um, right. and kind of seeing if this is going to be um, more of a litmus, litmus test. So whenever that day comes, if that day comes, I know the media is probably going to have a field day with it. Oh, of course they will. Yeah. If uh, Vance wants to issue indictments, he might want to hurry while, uh, while Trump's still in New Jersey. He's uh, slated to be there for a little while, I think. And uh, and they, of course, have a Democratic governor, so Trump probably would have less chance of finding any help there. So I guess related question, politically, if that's what happens, uh, Vance issues an indictment, Trump's in Florida, DeSantis intervenes, said, no, you can't have him. Uh, what's the political fallout for DeSantis in that event? Any? Any? Does it hurt him, help him? If he's looking at a 2024 run, what do you think, Cameron? It's more of a matter of when it happens. I think the political impact, I think um, with DeSantis, a lot of the country doesn't know him yet, but for the people who do, they do kind of see him um, as as kind of someone who is aligned with Trump, but he's also someone who could unite um, the party as a figure. Um, I think the, the left side of the country is going to view him just the same. However, let's say this happens this year or in 2022, um, the news cycle will forget about it by the time the election comes around, mm. um, if DeSantis decides to launch a bid. Okay, Olivia, flip side of the same question. Uh, political fallout. If this, is, if this is all what happens, what about political fallout for the Democrats? Is this continued obsession mm. with the former president of the United States uh, helping them or hurting them politically in the long run. Forget about justice and morality for a second, if you can. That's a, that's kind of a hard. Forget about justice and morality, <laughs> but you know, the, you know, questions of that aside for a moment. Just in terms of, of politics, uh, is is the real estate that Donald Trump continues to occupy rent free in the heads of the left? helping them politically in any way or is it hurting them or do you think it matters i think in the long run it will hurt them because they're will be seeing you know how citizens will be like why was why were they chasing after donald trump so hard uh, even after he's not president anymore i mean it's 
usually when you have presidents, they pass it on to the next and they kind of take a a step back. We haven't seen that in the news cycle. And it's not necessarily because of President Trump, uh, because he's barred off of social media. Right. I mean, it's not like he has this large presence on social media now. He doesn't have that bully pulpit anymore. No, it's the media still continuing to push it. It's the people like Vance who are still have this vendetta against him. Yeah. And I think that that will hurt them because people see this is incredibly divisive. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we did a story, Western Journal did a story, I don't know, maybe in February uh, or March, uh, uh, remembering a prediction that Donald Trump made that when he was out of office that uh, CNN's ratings were going to plummet. And he was right. They did, in fact, without Trump around to, you know, as a whipping boy, uh, CNN, MSNBC, all of the uh, so-called mainstream media sources, establishment, legacy, media, whatever you want to call them, they struggled. Uh, I know that uh, New York Times subscription revenue uh, was huge during the Trump administration. There were, And it was because people who read the New York Times don't like Donald Trump. And so they wanted to know what was going on. They wanted to hear the New York Times uh, opinion of it. They knew they were more likely to agree with the New York Times uh, mm-hmm. opinion of it. I And I have not seen anything since, but I got to believe their subscriptions are... Uh, are falling off. That's, they certainly aren't going to be uh, growing at the rate that they were under the Trump administration. Um, all right. Thanks, guys. I, before we close out here, I do want to make a, uh, a programming note uh, from uh, or in regards to an episode that we ran two days ago on Wednesday. One of the segments in that episode was based on a story uh, published in the Western Journal that we've since retracted. This is about a Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary definition of the term anti-vaxxer which uh, had been changed to include people who are against government mandates, not just people who are against vaccinations, which I think everybody on the planet understands that's what an actual anti-vaxxer is. But uh, Merriam-Webster changed their definition to to say that that's anybody against government mandates of vaccination, Mm -hmm. which is a ridiculously stupid definition. What that means is all of the conservatives who are against uh, government mandates of you know any small government person who's against a government mandate of vaccination who has been himself or herself repeatedly vaccinated mm-hmm. has vaccinated their children they're anti-vaxxers anyway that's because they're against the mandate that's ridiculous it is a confusion of the language it is not helpful in the language so that definition is wrong and bad however we ran a story that said basically that they had changed that definition in response to all of the uh, reaction to COVID vaccinations, and that is not accurate. They actually changed that definition in 2018. We missed that fact. That was just a miss on our part. Uh, there were a bunch of people who were running with this on social media, and we honestly, we just got caught up in that and uh, and didn't do the homework that we should have done before we published that story. So. At the Western Journal, truth is uh, extremely valuable to us. It's one of our absolute core values. And so when we make a mistake, as we inevitably do from time to time, we like to call it out. We don't hide it on you know, page 20 and we don't put it in the back where nobody will ever see it. We say we mess this up because we want to bring you truth. And so when we bring you something that turns out not to be truth, we want to bring you that too because we want you to know what the truth actually is. That's the truth. The truth is... That definition was not changed in uh, response to anything that had to do with COVID. 
However, it is a stupid definition. It is a ludicrous definition on uh, Merriam-Webster's part. So uh, that part still is true. We should still mock them uh, outrageously uh, for doing that. Uh, and that's it for uh, WJ Live today, powered by the Western Journal. Thank you to Olivia and Cameron for uh, being here with me today. Uh, we are here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. One of those days I will say our broadcast times without messing it up and stumbling over the words. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe I will never do that. Maybe I will stumble over it every time. Uh, we don't want you to ever miss an episode, so we invite you to uh, find us on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com slash Live. Click that subscribe button. Click the bell so you'll be notified every time a new uh, episode gets posted. We don't want you to miss anything that we're doing here. We want to equip you with all the truth that we can get out uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, in these few minutes together. Thank you for joining us once more. Have a great weekend, uh, maybe a vaccinated weekend, maybe a mask-free weekend. I hope uh, that uh, it's a safe weekend under uh, any circumstances, and we'll see you again right here uh, next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of WJ Live. If you prefer to watch our show, we also go live on YouTube every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Just go to youtube.com slash wjlive. Hit the subscribe button and help us fight back against big tech by hitting the bell. That will ensure that you get notified every time we go live. We'll see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.